Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Ava, who has built a successful freelance writing business with a niche focus on working with online entrepreneurs and writing show notes for podcasts. We also dig into how you build Upwork profile like a pro to get to the point where Upwork are basically sending you potential clients to work with on autopilot every single day. We also dig into why it's so important to be consistent and flex your freelance muscle every day to stay on top of your game and your skill set as a writer. And we also talk about the struggles of running a business while traveling around the world, as well as how local networking can help to grow your client list. Hope you enjoy this episode. Eva, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with all of our listeners. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm really excited to talk with you. Yeah, so it's an exciting business that you have. It's it's a little bit different than what I would have heard other people doing. So you write podcast show notes for some of the top rated iTunes podcasts. So can you talk a little bit to, I suppose, how you got into writing podcast show notes? Are you interested in podcasts? So I initially got into the podcast show notes. I kind of fell into it. I preach this idea about figuring out how to get paid what you want to learn about. So I started working with several business-related podcasts. And what I get paid to do is just sit, listen to the podcast and write an article based off of it. So I initially was, I essentially was going to like business school and sitting here, um, listening to interviews um, and listening to other entrepreneurs tell their story and explain how they were able to become successful, which was exactly what I wanted to do. So I kind of noticed right away that I was going to be able to be able to make a living while learning how to make my business better, learning what I should avoid in the future. And that's kind of how I fell into the podcast show notes category. Um, And then from there, I've just learned to really love it because there's consistency. So as a freelancer, anyone knows it's very up and down. And with podcast show notes, most people will say, for example, I I publish a new episode every Tuesday. So I would know every Saturday I'm going to get that audio and I'm going to get that um, and I'll get paid. So I really easily fell into that and was like, okay, well, this looks like a pretty viable um, means to create a foundation for myself. So I write the podcast show notes and I also go straight for entrepreneurs and I write articles for company blogs. Nice. Oh, that's brilliant. Predictable revenue is so important. Mm-hmm. It really is. As a freelancer, I used to be a freelance writer. That's how I started. And I remember it was feast or famine a lot of the times, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Didn't have the insight to think, oh, do something consistent like podcast show notes. <laughs> <Back then. laughs> it can be tough, though, because sometimes people will come to you and they're so excited about their content strategy. You start working a little bit and all of a sudden, for some reason, they're like, no, actually, we're going to go and do something else instead. And you're like, oh, okay. So I just cleared out all this time for you in my schedule. Let me just try and figure out what I'm going to do next. You know, it's exactly what you say. It's like the feast or famine. Sometimes you're just too busy and other times it's too quiet and you hate it. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's the struggles of a freelancer. And I guess if you want to start working remote and working for yourself, these are these are the sorts of things that you have to face. And everybody goes through it, whether you're a web designer, graphic designer, writer, you're writing, you know, podcast show notes. It's, you know, you have to build up that business and that clientele. So can we talk a little bit to, you know, when you first got started, like, what did you do? Did you use one of the freelancer, you know, websites like Upwork or Fiverr or something, or did you reach out to podcasts directly? What was what was your process and your thinking behind it? I got initially started on Upwork, so I remember the day that I started really realizing people were digital nomads, and at the time, I feel like the word wasn't even officially coined yet. So I typed into Google. I remember I typed into Google um, how to make money online. And one of the, it was very dangerous. This was a time when I was looking at all of these um, different articles too. And the articles would say like, write surveys, um, all of these like tiny little things that like, you can get paid like $10 an hour. And I was like, that doesn't sound sustainable. So um, I typed it in. I said, how do you make money online? And one of the first things that came up was Upwork. So I clicked it. 
I, this was about two and a half years ago. So I hadn't even heard about it or heard anybody else talking about it. Went on and just made my profile right then and there without really thinking much about it. And then I kind of started loosely reaching out to people and saying, hey, um, I'm available to write stuff. And then um, I started taking it really seriously about a year and a half ago. And then from there, that's when I've been able to kind of connect with more clients via Upwork, grow my portfolio. And now I have the leverage to say, okay, I can take what everybody that I've worked with on Upwork and say, go and start pitching other clients outside of the platform. Because now I have the portfolio and I have the resume and I have the numbers. Yeah. And you, you probably get, you're at a point now where maybe you, you get referrals as well, you know, because you're managing these podcasts and people hire people from referrals all the time. <laughs> it's one of the best types of business, you know? So if somebody else, cause these people often run in the same circles, go to the same conferences, you know, people who are entrepreneurs work online, even who are podcasters, they might be at, you know, Podcast United or whatever these big podcasting events you have over in America are, you know what I mean? I say Nick Loper was at one there recently, Side Hustle Nation, I think his podcast is, but like he won some award at it, but so many people there, you know, and that's the, those people talk, you know, it's like, who's doing your stuff? Ava's doing it, you know, and, and that's what can help spread the word for you. And just when you started, so you're saying you started about two and a half years ago and about a year and a half ago, you started getting really serious about this. At that time, you know, where were you in your life? Like, were you living at, at home? Were you living, were you traveling? Were you in in a job and doing this on the side? What was kind of the scenario? Can you paint a bit of a picture for it? So a year and a half ago is actually when I took my first solo one-way flight and I landed in Costa Rica and began the digital nomad life. That's kind of how it all started for me. That was June of 2017. And from there, I um, just started, I had to take it seriously, right? Because at that point, I wasn't living in the States anymore, and I was living overseas, and I had to figure out how to make money. So I really sat, sat down. And because I had such limited time, because I had like two full-time jobs at that point, one full-time job was traveling, and the other full-time job was the job that made me money. And that's kind of how I fell into and realized like I needed to get paid to learn what I wanted to do because then I was able to like kill two birds with one stone and say, okay, well, I'm going to sit here for two hours instead of sitting here for two hours working and then sitting for two more hours learning about marketing or SEO or how to grow an email list. I can do both at the exact same time. Genius. <laughs> it's, a very clever, it's a very clever thing to do. I am, I'm absolutely like I'm fascinated. Like, this is such a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's actually something I've brought back into my, um, back into my life recently as well. I had one of my clients reach out to me and say if I knew any, and ask me if I knew anybody that could be a virtual assistant for her. She's actually based in LA, but um, which is where I am now. It sounded crazy. And I was like, I know this sounds totally crazy. And this is so much less than I normally get paid, but I would love to do it. And she was really excited about it. But she's like, I just don't really fully understand why you want to. And it comes back to the same idea is that she's running a very successful business. And for me to be able to see the back end of that and to see what the emails she receives on a daily basis is and understand the processes that she's going through, it's like going back to school for. Uh, my business degree, but instead I'm getting paid for it and I'm getting real world experience as well as getting to know the key players in my industry. For sure. I mean, you, you, like you say, you're getting to see under the hood, you know, what it is that runs the business, what sort of systems and processes, and maybe you're going to help define some of those things. Maybe you're going to help, you know, in terms of project management, in terms of uh, standard operating procedures and things like that. Because, I mean, I can speak to it as somebody who has hired virtual assistants and made, you know, a bad job of it in some experiences you know it's often because you don't have your own you know ducks in a row what exactly it is that you need and you can sometimes hire and, and it doesn't really work out but it wasn't necessarily their fault it was your own fault <laughs> for you know you didn't have clear standard operating procedures you weren't 100% clear on exactly what you needed to do but you know th there's a different level of virtual assistant too there's the one who can use the initiative and help build these things you know what I mean? Who can build, help you to build, you know, using Process Street or Asana or Trello or whatever it is and, you know, help you get your Google Drive in order. And, you know, there's, there's kind of two levels to it. And so, so, so now, and you're, you're doing that now at the minute, are you, as well as doing the podcast show notes, like managing, helping to manage virtual assistant? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just took on another job. Um, I think, uh, it's awesome. And it's true to what you're saying at this point, I've been working with her for about a month and a half and we're planning to sit down and talk about her upcoming year and how we're going to be able to help her monetize more and create those systems that will, um, make her business flow much more easily because now that she has this outside perspective from somebody that also runs their own business, I can say, well, like, you know, you could tweak this and revise this and change this. And this is really going to help you in the end. Yeah, she'd probably end up having all sorts for you because if you're a good writer and <laughs> you understand the process and the outreach and everything else, you know, there's probably going to be, there's any amount of things you, you can end up doing. But but um, like I say, it, you're using it as a learning experience. It's something that you want to learn. You want to understand how the business runs. And therefore, you know, um, these skills are transitionable, you know, like you can bring that then into your own business and, and hopefully, you know, take things to another level with that. Absolutely. I guess um, when you got started on Upwork and when you started doing the writing and building your profile, at that point, were you doing any sort of writing work or were you niche from the get-go? So I have a kind of strange story. I started writing back when I was in college. I landed two awesome writing jobs. In hindsight, I see this. At the time, I didn't understand what I had. I wrote for Elite Daily, which at the time was huge. They were kind of the only people that were on Facebook and they were like one of the first like mass content publications. So I got right in the door with them and I was just a contributing writer. I wasn't getting paid or anything. And then at the same time, I got invited to write for a yoga festival, Wanderlust Yoga Festival, which is also a huge yoga festival in the US. And in return for going to the festival for free, I just had to write an article every single day. But because I was, it was amazing, right? So but because I was in college, yeah, 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 it's, and it's amazing. So because I was in college, I just I wasn't focused on the writing. I was kind of just doing it because I wanted to fill some void that I had because I wasn't really happy with what I was studying and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I got out. And um, in hindsight, like I say, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I had just completely focused on writing, it, I can't even imagine where I would be right now. But everything happens for a reason. So I used those two writing experiences to leverage my Upwork profile because that was about like a year or two later is when I created my Upwork profile. And then I kind of used those to land a few beginning clients. And those beginning clients were like nothing great, right? I was getting paid pennies, but I was just trying to grow my portfolio on there and just trying to figure out the freelance world, right? Because I didn't have an, I really had absolutely no understanding of how it worked. I had no idea how much I should get paid. I had absolutely no clue what like I sh- what my turnaround time should be, you know, nothing. That was kind of like my first steps into it. Were you, uh, so like you didn't have anybody teaching you. You weren't doing no. any course. You were just kind of Mm-mm. figuring it out as you go on. Look, I mean, there's no, you know, they don't teach you this stuff in school. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? This, <laughs> this is not at all what they teach. In biz- Even when I was in school, it wasn't that long ago, but I mean, online marketing, I did a tr- three-year business degree. It was one module of one year. You know what I mean? It was like, and now everything is online. So it just goes to show you how. uh... Yeah. So I initially started, you know, I would just pick up any project that I could and it would be writing projects that were just didn't fit me. So it'd be like writing for a trucking company or writing for these things that I was just like, I remember those days being like, I cannot wait for this to be over because as much as I love writing, I don't love writing about this. And so I knew that I had to put my time in though. So I wasn't super rushed about bringing my prices up. I was more so focused on like working with as many people as I could. And I would offer really fast turnaround times, like 24 to 48 hour turnaround times for every proposal that I would put out just to really sell myself since I didn't have anything else to sell me. Like you're saying on Upwork, like I didn't have those 100 hours. I didn't have, I'd only made a few like thousand dollars on there. I just didn't look very legit. So I would use that as my leverage. And then from there, I started bumping up my pay rate once I hit a point where I couldn't bring on more clients because I was too busy. And so that's kind of when I was, there was a point last year where I was like so busy with work, but I also like didn't have any money because I was not charging enough because I was like still in that like mode of, okay, I'm just going to keep like pushing through and like keep building clients, clients, clients. And then I had to like get out of my comfort zone and say, okay, you know, like you've really built your skill here. And I had been working on it on the side as well, 
I'm really a huge advocate for Quora if you want to become a writer to go on there, write an article every day, look at the feedback and always and um, well use that to improve yourself. So I was writing for clients. I was writing on Quora as well. And I was just like at the writing gym every day, you know, like lifting weights, lifting weights, like getting that muscle. Exactly. And so then I did hit the point where I'm like, okay, you know, it's time for me to stop, start pricing myself higher. And so I just looked online and said, okay, like, what are other freelancers telling me about pricing? And like, how should I really go about this? And I think the general consensus is to just keep raising your rates until somebody says no. (laughs) And I actually saw, um, I don't know, I'm sure you're familiar with Gary Vee. His his videographer, D-Rock, actually posted something that I was looking at right before this interview. And he said the exact same thing. Someone said to him, how much should I charge for being a videographer. And he said, keep raising your rates until someone says no. So that's what I've been following at this point. Well, I mean, like even for myself, when I very first got started, I used to do 500 words for $10 when I lived in Chiang Mai. You know what I mean? And I do 40, 50 articles a week. That was four or $500 a week living in Chiang Mai. I mean, it's all right. You know, it's, it's pretty good living over there, but it's, yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's also the wrong it's not, I almost said wrong mentality. It's not right or wrong, but it's like, it's not, it's not like, it's not feasible. I couldn't, you know, to live in Ireland. On, well, I mean, you could live in Ireland on that pretty okay, but like, you know, you're not going to live in London, you're not going to live in New York, you're in LA. Like, you know, and then I was in a similar situation where it's like, okay, I just going to have to double my price and see what happens. And I lost some clients, but then I was doing half the work and making the same money. And I was like, all right, what if we do this again? <laughs> and, and what I actually did then was I started outsourcing. So I started hiring people who would do it for 10. I charge 25 and, you know, I just take 15 off the top. So then I could take on more work. And, you know, that was the scenario I was in back in 2013 when I was doing, you know, freelance writing and doing content for people. So, you know, with yourself, did you, have you taken to, you know, hiring staff to help you or are you maintaining to just, you know, keep going, increasing your rates so that you are, you know, being paid a premium rate? I haven't hired anybody yet. I'm kind of just following the advice that don't hire until you absolutely, absolutely have to. And I can see it coming in my future. But as of now, I also really like just being like really hands-on with what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I've because I've only really been here for about a year and a half, two years, that I still want to make sure I'm creating a brand and the foundation for my business the right way. So I was actually thinking today about, I was like, what, like how, if I got a virtual assistant, like I would actually feel too nervous to have her like talking to other people in place of me because I, I don't know, I'm just very big on my brand and having people enjoy working with me and see me as a professional in my field. I feel like I'm not ready to trust somebody else to take that over for me yet. <laughs> oh, that's that's fair enough, you know, and, and it's one of the hardest things is to hand over the reins to somebody else. But I guess you start slow, though, you know, like, in, in, you know, it, it might be different tasks. It might not be, you know, the actual, I don't even know what to assume. I'm not going to assume anything for your business. But, you know, it's probably, it's things like maybe like outreach or things like that. And you could use can templates, you know, I mean, it all depends on what, what it is that you're doing and what sort of, um, business. So can you talk to that a little bit about your business? So, I mean, how would you work, uh, you know, on a day to day and you're traveling while you're at it? So, you know, d- does it work via, uh, sorry, what am I trying to say? Here? It does it work. Um, like, do you just get sent all the audio? You listen to the podcast, you, you type up the notes, you upload it into WordPress. Like, are you doing a full managed service or are you, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about it? I guess? For the podcast show notes and for actually all of the articles that I write as well as the show notes, the articles for entrepreneurs and the um, when I write articles just for blogs for websites, I primarily just put them in a Google uh, Google Doc and then I'll send that over to them and then they'll go in, format it for exactly however they want for the website. Um, I have it all structured, of course, like bolded. I have um, all the spaces. Like it's it's a perfect article when it's given to them. Then they can go on, put it onto the website, or put it onto um, wherever they want to publish it. 
Oh, no, that's, that's for sure. That's cool. I was just wondering, because, I mean, I, I know even just speaking from experience, when you start adding on those things, it adds an awful lot of time <laughs> to the work, you know, because yeah, you're, really you're filling in meta descriptions, you're formatting, you're probably making an image in Canva to go with it. Next thing you know, it's not an article. It's like, you know, a managed service for WordPress uh, and publishing the media, you know, so it. it yeah, absolutely. I fell into, I've written a few, I've had a few projects at this point like that too. And I've learned that that's, I don't really necessarily like those projects. And I find that this is kind of a bold statement, but usually I don't like the clients who want me to do everything like that because then they're not seeing me as a writer. They're kind of seeing me as their like content manager, but only wanting to pay me for it to be a writer. And so normally it kind of um, doesn't work out well. But at least you know what you want. But you're in a position now where, you know, you've done, you know, this is what's important. You know, like, you you know, you didn't wake up and you're, you're in this position today. You put in the groundwork, you put in a lot of time, you built your profile, you got your clients, you looked after clients, you know, and, and you're in a position now where you can, you can say no to work and it's not going to, it's not going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to, you're not going to be out of pocket. You can turn down, you know, people who aren't your ideal client. And it's good when you, when you get to that point, it's important to get to that point, you know, in your, in your business. And as a freelancer, especially because you're not, like you said, you're not outsourcing the work, you're still doing everything. So you need to be at a point where you know what it is that you do and, you know, you incrementally increase your rates to a point where, you know, you feel like you're getting what your value, I guess, you know what I mean? For what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And so can, can we speak a little bit to, you know, what has helped you, you know, outside of Upwork with regards to growing, you know, your website and your following and, you know, have you used social media to help you grow your business? Um, yes and no. I use social media more to help people who are interested in becoming a digital nomad and to like lift the curtain up and say, hey, this is what you really should expect from this lifestyle. Um, it has ended up helping me get some clients. But I've never actually really curated social media around um, my services. So it's more so just my brand and saying, hey, I'm a digital nomad. I'm a writer. This is how I did it. And um, I'm available if you ever have any questions. I have over 200 articles written about it on Quora. A lot of those are repurposed onto Medium. And um, it's more so just to kind of be the person that I needed when I first started. That's my main goal with my social channels. Fair enough. And, and those are two interesting. Uh, well, I mean, Medium is for sure um, popular and everything, but using Quora, that's, you know, it's it's a different way. I've not heard of people doing that before, apart from maybe some SEOs. Um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting. And would you use LinkedIn as well? Would you publish everything to LinkedIn or is it just, you know, focusing on those places that have readership and people searching for topics? I don't publish to LinkedIn, but I'm starting to feel more pushed to kind of figure it out. Maybe I should try and find someone that needs an article written about LinkedIn content so I can learn it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you just need to hire that, hire that person who's selling that LinkedIn course about getting clients on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, no, look for for sure. I mean, look, this this is int- it's interesting though. You know, because not everybody's the same. everybody's different. You know, and like I appreciate you know you you show people what it's really like behind the curtains. It's not always easy, but you know, if you're consistent and if you put out good work, you know, th- things can work well for you. You know, and you can grow your business. And like you said, you were in Costa Rica and, you know, did you travel around South America much while running your business? How did you find that? Yeah. So I've been traveling the entire time that I've really been focused on my business and it was extremely challenging. Um, So I backpacked through Central America, I backpacked through Europe, and then I backpacked through Asia. Now, the past three months I spent um, uh, on a road trip through the U.S. Then I lived in San Francisco last month. Now I'm in Los Angeles. And I've kind of just figured out the best practices for me that work for me to be able to run my business, be the best writer that I can be, be the best freelancer that I I can be to my clients, as well as have this travel lifestyle that I live. Because for me, it's not to be confused with me being a travel writer. I don't get paid for any of the travel that I do. This all is out of pocket. It's just my hobby, essentially. It's just my choice right now to say I want to go and travel and see the world. Um, and I'm going to bring my computer with me and make money while I do it and build my career and create something sustainable for myself so that the, the goal is that whenever I'm done traveling, you know, I've created a successful business that can hopefully run on itself. And, um, I have, didn't like waste my twenties 
just behind a desk and not doing anything. Like I was out there living and experiencing everything while I was doing it. For sure. And I'm sure anybody listening to this can relate to, you know, that's that's a position a lot of people want to find themselves in. You know, they want to build a, a business or, you know, a freelance career that allows them to travel and, and build it while they do it. And so, so you know, when you are on the road, I mean, I know South, I have friends who are in South America right now and they're finding it very challenging. They're in Cuba and the internet was atrocious and they found it very difficult to, you know, because they, they have a lot of projects on, a lot of different people. How did you find maintaining, you, you know, your work? I imagine, like, it sounds like a lot of your business business would run from the Google cloud, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Would, would you would you rely on any other tools to, to help run the business or would it be primarily, you know, access to Upwork and Google Cloud at this point? Yeah, that's pretty much all I need. And then of course I just need a decent amount of internet so that I can um download the audio files or download whatever a client needs. If it's a brief about something, if it's a brand guide, anything like that. So one of my biggest mistakes when I first started traveling, I started traveling with backpackers. And so all of these backpackers were just living off of savings at the time. So what they had was a full days of just nothing to do. So I would travel with them and we would go on tours and we would go like eat, like go out to eat and go to the beach and go surfing and do all of this stuff. And then the next day we'd be in another city. And then the next day, another city, another city, another city. And it was just, it was insane. Like I couldn't keep up with my work and I couldn't be the person that I wanted to be in my writing business. You know, I couldn't pick up any clients because I didn't even have time. And what I found was I had to slow down. And so that's what I've been really trying to master in 2018. So instead of backpacking and going from place to place to place, I lived in Bali for six weeks. I lived in Sri Lanka for one month. And that gives me the ability to like find the coffee shop that has the reliable Wi-Fi and to figure out when is the best time to talk to my client for that time zone that I'm currently in. And all of these like really essential things that you cannot do if you're always bouncing around from one new city to the next. For sure. I found uh, the pull of partying very difficult as well. You know, like when you when I was in Thailand, everybody was, like you're saying, they're on yeah, a holiday so and partying all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh man, no, I got work to do. Like I can't. And they're like, you know, what do you mean you've work to do? Come on. Like you're in Thailand. You're like, man, you're on a different buzz than me. You're here for six weeks. You got a couple of grand. You're going to blow it all and go home. I'm not planning on doing that. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, but they don't people don't get it you know what I mean like they're like oh, what do you mean you're working like get out of here and you know I guess people don't know it but I mean in places like Bali and I mean in a lot of um, there's so many different digital nomad places at the minute like but you know with somewhere like Bali did you find yourself you know uh, did you find working in these cafes that you met with different people or co-working spaces that potentially could turn into clients uh, for your business you know while you were there or was it something that you didn't kind of it didn't happen for you I didn't find anybody that could turn into a client, but when I was in Bali, that was my first time that I was with other people who were on, at the same um, stage as me. Like they had created their freelancing business and then they were still like at those steps where they're like, okay, I'm like really creating the foundation for myself right now. What do I want to do? How am I branding myself? Who am I working with? And that was really integral for me and it was key because I was able to have soundboards Versus before, like when you're with a backpacker and you're like, oh my God, my client needs this. And like, I, I don't know, there's just something going on. There's nobody to like give you advice or to say, you know, you should do this or, oh, that happened to me. And like, I totally understand that sucks or something. Right. So I had that first experience of being able, and that kind of is what really moved me to want to make sure that every time I'm staying long-term somewhere that I should be staying somewhere that can really help my business so because I'm not grounded to anything right now, it's just me and my backpack, I that's what initially brought me to the West Coast because I had a hunch. I'm like, I really feel that I'm going to be able to go there and be able to do what you were saying, you know, sit down in a coffee shop and find a potential client. And so I went to San Francisco and actually my first weekend there, I went to a an entrepreneurial conference and in between all of the talks and everything and lunch, I talked to seven people just about what I did, just casually talking to them, like walking through the lines, you know, and every single one of them asked for my contact and said they wanted to work with me later. So at that point, exactly right. I said, okay, this is much more, this seems like a much more profitable place for me to be than, and anywhere else that I have been so far. 
And that's kind of what's also led me down to LA to do the same thing and just build my reputation. In, in, in the last episode um, I recorded with John, he was living in Australia and he went to B&I meetups and he went to Chamber of Commerce. And even though he's, you know, he, he said himself, he's, he's quite introverted. He doesn't really like doing that sort of stuff, but that allowed him, he, he, you know, he got a lot of clients from doing that and doing, you know, you have to give your pitch and things like that. And, um, you know, he, he just, and that allowed him then to build up a client list that he then moved on with, you know, and he lives in Bulgaria now, um, and it was just like when you're in these places, like where you are now, like you're in L.A., you're in California, you're in San Fran, you're in London, you know, wherever it is. If you're in these cities where you can go to these meetups and these events, and I mean, even if it's not necessarily your scene, if you can get in there and get in front of people and tell them what it is that you do. And, you know, you never know who's going to need your service or who's go- who you're going to meet. You know what I mean? And you can do these things when you're in these cities and, and really just try and or maybe not, you know, B&I or Chamber of Commerce. But like you're saying, like things off meetup.com, entrepreneur meetups, you know, there's, there's all these things. Like if you go on meetup.com, there's all sorts of events happening on Facebook. So, you know, you can use your opportunity when you're in these places to help build up your your client base and let people know who you are and what it is that you do and maybe they're not the person who's going to hire you maybe they know somebody who needs your help but if you you know use that opportunity to keep building your network keep building your network and yeah i mean and it, it all helps you know to, to build up your work and, and your client list absolutely and what i find i go on eventbrite and i'll just look up like what's happening today in the city i'm in and there are so many events happening and the majority of them are usually free So it's not even something that's like a massive investment for somebody that's just starting and is worried about money. They can go and just, I'm the way I see it. I'm immediately like, hi, I'm Ava and I'm a writer. I want people to know just as much what I do as what my name is, you know, and it's exactly like you say, maybe you don't meet the person, the client right there, but they know you and now you're getting your name out there and you don't know who they know. And it's, I've been able to really leverage that. And I notice how much easier it is to get clients face to face than it is on Upwork or even through a pitch. It's so much more personal and it's so much easier. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can, you know, you're warm to a person and you can tell, you know what I mean, if people are genuine or not, and you can see if you like them or not. But definitely for writers, a good place to go is SEO meetups because SEOs always need good writers. <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. it's bread and butter. You can't do SEO without the content, but most SEOs, you know, do the technical side of things and they don't necessarily write the articles themselves. But I mean, SEO, SEO meetups and SEO groups and, and on Facebook. And, you know, if, if you're a writer and you're looking to get clients, you definitely try and find some SEO meetups in your area and, and connect with SEOs who don't necessarily want to write the content but you know they're building sites for people they've got people on retainers you know that, that websites that, like you're talking at the start about recurring income you know a lot of SEOs based off monthly recurring um, you know you have people on a recurring SEO contract and you know, within that contract will be fresh content on the websites based on keywords you know um, but yeah I mean maybe you don't want to get stuck doing trucker stuff either so <laughs> you, you, you gotta know what you want you know um, you don't end up uh, when I started writing I used to write about all sorts I won't even say what it was but anyway um, I, used, I used to do affiliate articles for- oh boy I've been asked to do a lot of those <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's just say some, some, yeah, just some funny products, things I didn't even know existed. But um, oh, look, that's cool. And look, you know, along the way, it, it sounds like you haven't. But you know, did you pay for any member mentorship or or any courses or any, you know, a coach or have you been a member of any group or website or community that you feel has helped you a lot along the way? I haven't actually. Um, I've done it totally. I should say, like my education was totally free. What I did was I just went online and I found people that resonated with me that were doing what I wanted to do. A huge inspiration for me has been Nicholas Cole, who he's a writer and he got his start on Quora as well. And he's doing really well for himself now. He's built an entire um, ghostwriting agency, essentially. And so this was probably like a year and a half, two years ago that I really started to look at him and say, okay, well, like, what did he do? So I started watching YouTube videos. I watched, I mean, I listened to all podcasts and I did the same for anybody else that I found really interesting in my space and just use them as my mentors because I kind of believe like courses are really useful. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like you're not really paying for new information or like secret information. You're paying for having all of that consolidated in one place. So I kind of went on and just like found everything that I needed 
And I think it was also useful because I got a lot of different perspectives and I learned from a lot of different people, which means that a lot of them would say like, oh, this is a mistake that I made. And I, I would like note that, you know, and say, okay, like I want to make sure I don't make that mistake. Um, and I've kind of continued to do that and keep finding people who are like a few steps ahead of me. And then I'll just follow them and listen to whatever they're talking about, whatever they say to read, I'll read it. Um, and I'll just pay attention to how they're growing. It's, I think with social media, it's, it's a really special time to be able to watch someone's growth from afar and be able to see like, oh, well, last year they were here and like this year they're, they're all the way over here. And like, I love data and stuff. So I just love like analyzing that and saying, oh, and I watched them like talk about this course or this program. And then I also watched them talk about how they just hired like 10 new employees and I can really see their progress and how they're going about their process when it comes to growing their business. So um, I've really just used social media, like YouTube, as I say, YouTube University. That's I definitely have probably at this point, like a PhD in YouTube University. <laughs> no, but look, I mean, that's, I mean, that's as good a way as any, you know what I mean? Like instead of, you know, you're, you're doing a similar thing to, you know, taking courses, you're finding some mentors who you know and trust, you're looking at people who've paved you know, the road in front of you who've done what you want to do and you know that they have and, you know, you know and trust them and, you know, you're not necessarily doing a course, but you're you're following along what you're doing, you're reading what they're reading, you know, like you're doing all the right things, you know what I mean, to get to the, you know, the, the level that they're at, I guess, you know what I mean, is by following in their path. You don't necessarily need to buy a course or pay somebody a high ticket, you know, co- coaching fee to do it. You know what I mean? And it sounds like you're doing, you're doing pretty good with what, what you, you know, with that method. So no, look, I mean, that's solid advice, you know, and it's, um, it, it's also a lot about using your initiative. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're interested in this. You want to do this and you're using your initiative to find the people, to read the books, to do the work, you know, like there's, you, you know, I think that's a big part of it is if you're actually into it and you're interested in it, like it probably a lot of that probably doesn't feel like work to you. It's probably enjoyable, you know, um, what, unless you want to correct me if I'm wrong, you know. No, I've, no, it's so true. And I think it's actually I've kind of reached this funny point in my life where when I say to somebody, oh, I have to work today, they're like, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, not at all. Like I wake up and I'm so excited when I get it, when I have a new client, I'm so excited to work with them and like start creating the article and write it and get their feedback and see how they liked it and like see what else they want to write about. It's truly, I've hit a point where it's like who I am when I'm working and who I am when I'm not working are the same person. That's where you want to be though. You know, exactly. I mean, you lo- when you love what yeah. you do, it doesn't feel like work, you know? And I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not stressful sometimes or, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's real life here. It's not all sunshines and rainbows, but like at the same time, if you love what you do, it's so much easier. And, you know, I mean, I feel like that too in, in my own job. I, like I love what I do as well. So it's important because just like you're saying, people look at you like, oh, you got to work. Like, like, I don't think about it like work. I like doing this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's almost like, I have to have this in my day, you know, whenever I go like, and what happens too for me when I'm away and if I can't get enough Wi-Fi for some reason. So I like, I'd take a few days off. I, by like day three, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do something involving work. And if I don't, I feel like I'm going to go crazy. Like I have to have that output. No, that's fair enough. You know, a lot of people are like that too. You feel strange if you're, if you're not working and, you know, just can we talk to it a bit as well? Cause I mean, you, you mentioned you were very consistent with Cora. So, you know, do you, do you write for yourself a lot as well? Like, do you maintain consistency for that? Cause I know a lot of people often, you know, they do their best work for other people and then they struggle to do it for themselves. So, you know, at this point, do you feel like, you know, that's happened to you or that you've been consistent to, you know, p- produce your own content as well? I would say I'm really consistent with producing my own content because a lot of my own content is directly linked to what I write for my clients because I can use Quora as my soundboard to say, to make sure that I'm always on top of the structure and the voice and the tone that people want to read right now. So I kind of use Quora to go on and make sure that what I do create for my clients is exactly what is working on the internet right now and isn't something that worked six months ago. So Quora for me, but then again, it is, I only talk about like being a digital nomad and being a freelancer and doing both at the same time. Those are my main topics on Quora. So it is like writing for me, but there's a, there's an underlying purpose there. And that's to make sure that I'm always staying on top of my game and that I'm always really pushing myself as a writer to get better 
each and every time that I write another article. So uh, it's, it's like what you said at the start, I guess, you know, you're always in the gym doing the reps, you know, you're, you're doing the work, not just for the clients, but for yourself as well. But it's because you're trying, you're just maintaining, you, you know, maintaining your A game and always it's training, you know, at the end of the day, it's practice, you know, it's putting in the hours, no matter what it is that you do, you got, you just got to keep putting in the hours and, and you'll get better and better over time. Absolutely. And can we just talk quickly to, you know, tools you might use on the regular? I know we hit on it before, but um, just, you know, as a writer, would, you know, would Grammarly be in your portfolio? Would you have Grammarly when you're doing everything? Or, you know, just curious, what tools would you use for project management of all of your different clients? You know, how does it all look? Um, if you don't mind giving us a bit of insight. Um, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I don't actually use Grammarly. I... Um... <laughs> I just reread my articles like a ton of times and I've kind of gotten to a point now it's like build, you know, it's just the reps and it's the muscle repetition at this point that normally I can write up through a full article and only have very, very minor mistakes. Um, so I don't use that. I would say in terms of the tools that I really use, gosh, you know, I, I'm either just my brain isn't working or I don't think that I use anything particular. I don't have, I don't use any like email software um, I answer all of my own emails. I, I use Upwork, of course. So that's on there. I would say Upwork and Google Docs are my top two. And I actually just tried to use Asana the other day. And I just, I couldn't fall in love with it. So aside from Google Docs, what I use is Google Sheets. And I'll go in and what I have is like every single week I write everything that I have to get done that week. And then I'll add to it as the week progresses and I have different tasks. And then, so that'll be one column. The column next to it is when it's due. The column next to it is if it's been completed or not. The column next to that is who the client is. The, cl- the column next to that will be how much I'm getting paid. And then I'll also put on there my core articles and my medium articles. So then at the end of every week, every Sunday, I'll go in and look at every single article and see how it performed. So for example, what I aim for with my core articles is between like zero to 100 upvote ratio per view. So I mean, so the opposite. So I want to get at least between one to, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm confused. Essentially, if like I want to make sure that for every one to 100 views, I'm getting one upvote, which seems to be like a decent number. So what I'll do is I'll go on and I'll see, I'll like, I'll see how many views each article got then I'll do the ratio and I'll see like which one was the most successful then I'll go look at that article and say okay like what seemed to make this most successful like what was different about this one than the other articles that I wrote and then I'll like go in and like have that summary for myself I'm actually looking for a software that would allow me to do this in like a more visually aesthetic way do you know anything do you have any suggestions for me because Asana like I liked it but it wasn't enough for me like I needed a little bit more organization and um separation well I um like personally I, I've always used Asana but I'm actually moving over to Trello now because what um in my day job just because um so yeah so uh, like I want to be able to share Trello boards with merchants and with Asana it costs about five grand a month um to have so many different people's emails and teams associated with Trello it's super easy oh look um Carlo in episode one he runs you know three businesses with Trello one of which is a big content business and you know everything's color-coded and it's just drag and drop and he loves it <laughs> he's like he doesn't understand how people wouldn't do it but um for analyzing i can't think of the name of the software there's a software that you can plug in urls like you can put in a term like digital nomad and it'll is a buzz stream or something i'm not sure but it's like it'll give you like across the web in the last you know you can filter it down to in the last seven days or the last 30 days what has been the most shared article or viewed article on the web um you know with keywords digital nomad or freelancer in it and it's it's really cool software uh, it gives you a couple of free ones oh that sounds awesome I'll link it in the show notes. I, I'll have to um I'll have to circle back on that and find it. But no, I'll leave it in the in the show notes. It'll be digitalnomadcafe.com forward slash episode ten. That's number ten. So um cool. No, look, that's fine. Look, it's just good to get a get, gain a bit of insight. Everybody's different. There's no right or wrong way. I mean, you know, so long as you're you're managing your stuff and keeping on top of it. I mean, sometimes you can get caught in too much 
you know, organization and not getting enough work done, you know? So, I mean, you, yeah, do, what works. you, do, you do what works for you, you know? Um, so I guess, look, you know, for people who are looking to get started. So, you know, if you would, somebody who was, you know, they heard this episode, looks at your website to talk, look, this is cool. I'd love to, you know, get started doing writing, ghost writing or, you know, writing podcast show notes. What would you, what would be your advice now if you're back at square one, you know, no sales, no clients, but, and you're speaking to this person, what sort of tips would you give them? My first tip is going to be to go on Quora and start becoming a good writer. I think when you initially start, you're in that awkward stage where you're not a good writer. And I mean, I was the same way. It's a muscle. You have to learn how to do it and do it well. You can have an initial talent, but you, at the end of the day, you like, you really have to work on that skill set to become one of the best at what you're doing. So I would go on core and I would just start writing an article every day. This is what I learned from Nicholas Cole. That's how he became a really good writer. And that's what's really helped me learn how to figure out the content world and like what makes some, what makes a good article. So that's an absolute first thing that you would do. And then what you're going to be able to do from Quora is leverage the views that you're getting to convince clients to hire you. Because if you write an article on Quora and it gets, for example, I had one article get 250,000 views. You can then go in and say to a client, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Like I wrote this article on Quora and it got 250,000 views. I can write an article like that for you as well. You can put it wherever you want. You know, if they're going to put it on their blog, maybe it's not going to get as many views if they're not going to drive the traffic to it, but they'll still have, excuse me, they'll still have that quality article to do so. So that would definitely be the initial step that I would take if you don't want to go on Upwork. And then if you do want to go the Upwork, like freelancer platform route, get on there and then just look at it as an algorithm and assume, I can't say for sure that there is one, but the way I see it, the more projects you complete on Upwork, the more they're going to push your profile to the top. And the more they see you as like a lever in their system because you're making them money. So you have to just think they're using you as a tool and if you're the best tool that they have, they're going to always offer you to somebody over anybody else. So get on there, push through your first like really weird, unfortunate articles about trucking companies and grow your portfolio and always ask people for a five-star review after so that you can continue to push yourself in the Upwork alg- algorithm and then also use those reviews when you want to leverage off of the platform. Because now at this point, for example, I have like over 100 really great reviews that I can pick and choose from, depending on what client I want to work with next. Solid advice. No, thank you. I mean, look, those are, you know, three great tips, you know, talking about using Cora just to practice, you know what I mean? Using it as practice and using it. But then that kind of becomes a part of your portfolio, you know, instead of just sending somebody over, oh, here's a PDF with some stuff on it and they don't know, you know, is it good? Is it not good? Like, you know, where if you're saying here's an article I publish and it has X amount of views, they're like, oh, OK, you've got my interest, you know. So it's 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 a different type of 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 portfolio. You know, you're you're um, you're showing real life views and, and interactions with the sort of content that you're writing. And, you know, like you're saying with Upwork, just you got to do the work, you know, get the projects in, keep, keep, you know, pumping out the content until you get to a point where you've got your reviews up. And, you know, if you're serious about it, though, I mean, that's what you have to do. You know what I mean? Like if you're serious about it, you really got to get that profile optimized and, and get it up there and, and then hopefully the work. Did you find out that the work started to find you after a period of time and you weren't applying as much anymore? Oh, absolutely. When I first really started getting serious on Upwork, it w- I still wasn't getting like really great clients or really great projects. But what Upwork has is that they will promote your profile to somebody once they post a job. And if that person chooses, they can send you an invitation to interview. And so there hit a point where instead of me having to send any proposals, I would have like nine invitations to interview each day. And I could just go through and answer the ones that I knew that I was capable of doing. And then um, it really helped to kind of automate my process too, because now I didn't have to spend as much time sending out proposals and like making a new proposal for each project that was available. I could go on there and like have Upwork take that part of that off my job, almost as like my personal VA, you know? So that can be really useful at the beginning because that'll help you not get so burnt out because it's hard when you're a one man show and it's like, you're in charge of everything. Like I'm not just a writer. I also have to market my services, create my brand. I have to be the communicator of everything going on. And then I also have to grow my skill set. So it's so easy to get burnt out. I think probably the most important thing is to always remember wherever you are that like, I just tell myself you're doing a great job 
and just don't be hard on yourself, especially as a freelancer, because like we said at the beginning, it's feast or famine sometimes. And when you have those quiet weeks and you're like, well, what the heck, what's going on? I just think like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. Like this just gives you an opportunity. There's an open, there's an open space here. Like what is the best thing to fill that space with? Is that learning? Is that pitching people? Is that writing on Quora and just sitting and like lifting that weight over and over, you know? So. No, look, thanks. And I, I think you're, uh, you're dead right there. You know what I mean? Like it, it can, yeah, it, it, it's tough when, you know, when the work's not coming in and, you know, if you're out, you're like, oh, what am I doing? What do I do this for? And then, you know, you get it like, you, you know, it's a, you know, peaks and troughs, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like it, it can be up and down. It's an emotional roller coaster running your own business and, and being an entrepreneur, especially while doing it on the road. Because, yeah, I mean, you can lose clients, clients come, clients go, you know, don't take it personal. It's, you know, things going on in, in their business doesn't mean you aren't doing a good job. It's just like, oh, maybe they can't afford to pay or maybe that's just not a priority right now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not nothing personal. It's just like you know, it's just not. <laughs> this is just not what we're going to spend our money on right now. So, um, look, that's cool. So, look, um, Ava, can you tell us where can people find you and you know mention your business or any projects you have going on at the minute? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at the Random Life of Ava. Ava spelled E V A. And then my website is ava gutierrez dot com. My last name is G U T I E R R E Z. I wish I had just like a super simple name that I could just say and people would immediately know how to spell it. <laughs> but um, if you just type in my name to Google, you'll I'll be the first one that pops up and you'll be able to find me from there. Don't worry. Well, look, I'll link everything up in the show notes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll link out uh, your Instagram, your website, your Upwork profile. And, you know, so if anybody wants to reach out to you and talk to you, you know, let them know that they heard it on the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. And, you know, hopefully, you know, to sharing your story and, and letting people know what it is that you do, um, you know, helps with that brand awareness for yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's been awesome to talk with you. It's always so refreshing to talk with somebody else that's that works this type of that has this type of work and then also has traveled because, you know things. <laughs> you know the struggle. You know what it feels like. <laughs> you know the struggle. It's not. It's not all like you see on Instagram with these Instagram influencers. No. Or, <laughs> or, you know, buying followers and auto commenting. Oh my know, gosh! It, I know. It, it, don't believe it. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe, don't anything believe the on hype. Instagram. Nothing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a struggle if you're doing it for real at the start. Anyway, you know. Um, it's so tough. <laughs> but look, Eva, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on. And thanks to all the guests for listening. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you found it actionable and inspiring, please be sure to give us a rating on iTunes and share it on your social media profiles. You know, tag us on Instagram. Um, you know, get the word out there, share it in any Facebook groups that you're in where, where people might be freelancers, remote employees, um, online entrepreneurs, anywhere that you feel and anyone that you feel could benefit from learning from today's insights and, and the story and the journey of this entrepreneur who is on today's podcast. And um, please help get the word out there. And, you know, every rating helps, every every new listener helps. And you know, all we're trying to do here is to inspire people and, you know, share stories to show that it is possible to create that digital nomad lifestyle. And also just, you know, the real nitty gritty of what it actually takes to build an online business, whether that be as a freelancer or as an online business owner. I'm your host, Adam Finan. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.